This is episode 191 of the Focused Mindset Podcast. Today, you get to listen in on a conversation that I had with Dr. Sarah Kirk. Dr. Sarah Kirk is the owner of Yoga for Classrooms, and she's also an ASCA certified trainer. Now, Sarah Kirk is known on Instagram and her other social media as Counselor Kirk. And so if you're a school counselor, you probably know exactly who I'm talking about. She's been teaching and training at so many different workshops at conferences and online, and um, she's popping up quite frequently on the amazing trainings that ASCA provides. I saw her speak at the California Association of School Counselor Conference, and her energy is infectious. I can't wait to meet up with her again when we're both at the ASCA conference in July. But now I got to snag just a little bit of her time in between all of her travels and the things that she's doing to talk about how kids learn and the best way to meet them where they're at. This is such an enriching conversation that I had to split it up into a part A and a part B. This time we're talking about MTSS. Next time we're talking about yoga. So let's get going. This is the podcast where you learn how to build stronger connections and have better conversations using the solution-focused approach. I'm Cher Kretz. I'm a school counselor and a solution-focused life coach, and each week we learn new strategies so that we can build our families strong and be the person that we were always meant to be. You can learn more about our products and services by going to thefocusedmindset.com or hop over to Amazon to get 30 Days to Higher Hopes. Hello, welcome to the podcast. Today we have a super cool guest. We have Sarah Kirk here today. Thank you for coming, Sarah. Thank you for having me. I'm excited for this conversation. You know, I heard you speak in person at the California uh, Counselors Conference. And it really piqued my interest when you had the topic of tying yoga into uh, mental health. And then after I sat in your fun presentation, I just had to wait. There were people all around trying to talk to you. And I just like, I had to be patient and say, you know, I don't know, maybe you want to come on my podcast because you have so much depth and wisdom on this subject. Tell me a little bit about what about you and what led you to the world of school counseling? Sure. Well, as with most people, it was not a direct route for me. I first started college as an accounting major, which always makes me laugh looking back. Um, I very (laughs) quickly realized accounting was not for me, Um, but I didn't initially know what was for me. I knew that I wanted to help people. I knew I had a passion to make the world a better place. I'd always been very involved in different volunteer activities and things like that through my high school and college days. And and in a roundabout way, I finally realized that counseling might be for me. I was one of those that grew up with a dad who was an educator and So even as I decided on counseling, I said, no way to school counseling because never was I ever (laughs) going to be just like my parents. And then, you know, 
things happen. And I did become a school counselor. And in hindsight, my dad's one of my favorite people, my biggest supporter, my role model. It's not that surprising that I did (laughs) follow in his footsteps to some extent. Um, So I ended up in school counseling and I worked initially at an elementary school in Oklahoma in a suburban school district and really just dove right in. I came into a school that had some good things going, but it was pretty disjointed. No comprehensive school counseling program had really never had anything beyond the old school guidance counselor role. And so I came in um, pretty bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, ready to change the world. Um, and, And it was a great experience. I really got to build a comprehensive school counseling program from the ground up Um, I got to see firsthand how impactful having a data-driven program can be, how much of a difference school counselors can make when they're used effectively. And fortunately, I had a great principal who supported my role and really helped to eliminate some of those non-counseling roles so that I could do more more of my job. Um, I stayed at that school for seven years. I earned ramp recognition there and was really proud of everything we built. But being the um, the go-getter I am, I was ready to, to continue learning. And so I decided to change routes a bit and go to an urban school district just to have a different type of setting, different population, and just wanted to, to do what I could to create comprehensive school counseling there as well. And so I had that opportunity. And then not planned, but very fortunately, I had the opportunity to work at the state level in Oklahoma. And in that role, I really got to help build comprehensive school counseling programs across the state. We wrote a comprehensive school counseling framework. And that really solidified my love for helping not just school counselors, but all educators build stronger systems and the importance of trying to build a strong foundation at the beginning instead of spinning our wheels and constantly feeling like, oh my goodness, what did I even do at the end of the day? And so through that state level role, I really got to help all types of educators build those strong systems through MTSS, PBIS, trauma-informed practices, and kind of all of the above. Um, And then fast forward to now, and I have moved to California, so we're neighbors now. Welcome. Yes, and I'm just loving it. I just finished my PhD, so I'm starting some adjunct work. I'm also now the owner of Yoga for Classrooms, which is a a company that really works to bring yoga and mindfulness school-wide to schools across the nation a company that's been in business since 2007, but I just recently took on ownership. And so that's been a fun challenge and transition. And what else do I do? And then I do a lot of, I continue to train and consult with educators across the nation, just like I said, to help us build systems. So I've kind of been a little bit of a lot of things, but my heart just loves school counseling. I am a school counselor through and through. Well, it's interesting because I didn't realize that you had uh, a passion before the yoga and that kind of thing in this in creating a system. And um, very early on, way back in my career, I started as a Head Start teacher. And I tell a little story about the simplest of things that taught me about that is the cleanup time. (laughs) 
as as it was cleanup time, I had a, a veteran veteran teacher next to me that would pretty much sing our traditional cleanup song. But basically, the kids would run around and sing the song and then just wait to go outside. And the aide would be stuck inside doing all the cleaning. And <laughs> it took me weeks to be, I just was like, I can't figure out why that's a good idea. So I spent time playing that song and teaching the kids and then encouraging them saying, oh, I see that so-and-so is picking up the blocks. Oh, I see that. And it took me longer. And Mm -hmm. the teacher came over and said, you know, you're just wasting time. That's why we have an aide. It was cutting into my aide's break time. Mm -hmm. So learning the, teaching those little tiny four-year-olds, the process of cleaning up that classroom saved me time later because once they learned it, they would quickly clean the classroom, line up, and we'd be outside before the other class. So I I feel as though us having a system saves us time and really mental anguish. <laughs> I don't know if you could speak on that, but is there any is there something you've seen in that same regard of how us having systems in our classrooms, in our programs as counselors, and even in our family helps out with that? Yes, absolutely. I talk all the time about how sometimes preventative work can take more time up front, but that it's so much more effective and impactful than reactive work. And I think, unfortunately, in schools, no matter what your role is, often we end up in a place where we have to react. You know, the the other teacher in your story had to have someone clean up and, you know, the, the room needed to be cleaned up. And it did take more time up front. And I think so many things are like that. I mentioned that, you know, in my state level work, we taught a lot of schools about building multi-tiered system of support. And um, through that MTSS lens, a lot of what we're teaching is you do need to spend some time building the foundation and and setting up the system. But once you do, it reaps so many benefits. Um, unfortunately, like we said, in schools, we don't always see that. And instead, we, we react, react, react and wonder why nothing's working. And then we're burnt out. And then we don't you know, see the progress we want for our students or for us and, and the cycle continues. So, you know, that's really what I saw also when I mentioned, you know, building a comprehensive school counseling program from the ground up. I had walked into a school that had a lot of great things going on, but had no system. And so we were, you know, constantly trying to put band-aids on things. And instead, the principal and I, who really had that systems mindset, started laying a foundation, and then we got to build upon it. And then each year, it wasn't starting over. It was adding another layer, adding Mm. another support. And at least in my experience, that's the way to most effectively serve students. It's also the way to provide equitable services if we're just, you know, kind of this is how we've always done it. That doesn't meet the needs of all kids. We know in today's world, people are quick to jump on the, you know, the COVID impacts and things like that. But from my perspective, we've needed to do it all along. COVID just put a really bright spotlight on it. And so I guess the fortunate thing about the very unfortunate COVID-19 pandemic was that finally people realized that we couldn't keep spinning our wheels and that prevention and systems 
are really the way to to lead effective schools, to lead effective school counseling programs. And really, I think we can fit everything into that. I fit the work we do at Yoga for Classrooms into that. You know, I my first yoga and mindfulness experience was doing it as a school counselor and seeing an impact, but knowing I was one person in a school of 500 students and I couldn't lead it on my own. And that's actually how I found yoga for classrooms long before I ever knew I'd be on this side of it. But when (laughs) I was just going through the training, because yoga for classrooms model is for all educators to be trained in it. It's not a thing for school counselors. It's not an SEL curriculum implemented once a month. It's really meant to be small, mindful moments implemented Mm. into every day by everyone. And I just find those types of systems have lasting impacts, whereas these band-aids we put on things don't. That's so true. And I love how you touched on it's adding on to because sometimes we do feel exactly the way that you said where it just didn't work. And then people want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. I hate that saying and I just said it. But anyway, (laughs) you know, like they're just like, oh, I guess it doesn't work for me. And I love how you touched on the fact that when you're building a program or you're building uh, steps that you want to be able to implement in your own family life, you're going to be building on one another. You're going to have those times where you're like, this worked. We didn't get all this other stuff done, but now let's build on that. And how powerful is that? How, um, you know, we can look at those successes along the way. And I can totally see that in your journey is like small successes build on one another to get to your next, you know, level of uh, wherever you're going to be. Yeah. You know, when people are struggling, the reason that we get in crisis mode is because we need a firmer foundation because then when we're in crisis mode, we'll know, oh, these are my values. These are the things most important. This is the thing that I know everybody needs and we'll be working with that knowledge. I also find that that's important when I'm working with families. When I'm coaching families, I always start with actually a multi-tiered system of support for the family because Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, what are we providing for the entire family? Because all of us have needs and people will come to me wanting uh, to get some support for one child that seems to be taking you know, a lot of energy. You'll even hear parents use, they're sucking the energy out of our, you know, they're taking all of our time. When they really look at it and we can step back and say, what are the things that are important for our everyday life that everybody needs? And if that's in order, then people are getting what they need. And it's, and it will be a lot more understandable when we're saying, well, you know, this person's getting all of this and some of this. And sometimes they're going to step up to being the one that we're focusing on the most because that's where the need is. So I have also done conversation or had conversations with caregivers. We did a presentation once about what MTSS looks like at home and exactly what you said. You know, we talked about how, you know, ideally what I like to do, an activity I do with all sorts of people is, you know, look at that triangle and like I said, divide it into three and then write everything you're doing at that foundational level. So with caregivers, you know, are you eating fa- eating meals together as a family? 
Are you giving everyone time to have voice and choice? Are you going to bed on time? You know, are you um, adding routine as much as possible? You know, all those things that are good for everyone, but we forget. And then, like you said, families or whoever get into crisis mode and they want to figure out a tier two or a tier three fix, but so often the fix needs to be in tier one. You know, we can get intensive therapy for the the child who's struggling. We can use, you know, punitive practices. We can do all these things that we, you know, kind of society tells us, oh, if a kid is struggling, that's what we need to do. But I've just found so often that when we go back and really think about what preventative pieces are in place, we're going you know, to be able to solve so many problems. And and even, you know, that kind of simplifies it, I think, in a way that people tend to really grasp onto. And, you know, as at an even simpler level, tier one is all about building that relationship. And that's true with students. That's true with kids at home. That's mm-hmm. true with the business, like your example. You know, mm-hmm. if you don't have communication and trust and respect for one another and, you know, those things that that come with relationship building and building positive relationships, it's really hard to get, get up to those other things. So um, multi-tiered system of support. Now, you and I, that's our language, but why don't you, just for those that aren't, why don't you explain what that means? Sure. So, you know, there's lots of um, opinions out there, lots of definitions, lots of training programs. Uh, I use the term multi-tiered system of support as the umbrella term that also includes positive behavior and interventions and supports, more commonly known as PBIS, response to intervention, more commonly known as RTI, MTSS umbrella. And when I talk MTSS, I, and you know, the, the acronym explains itself. It's the multi-tiered. So what we're looking at is tier one being supports that all students receive, Tier two being supports that some students receive that did not meet their, that tier one did not meet their needs. And then tier three being that top tier, which is the more intensive tier to help students that needs were not met in tier two. So with kind of that triangle in mind, you can put that in, you can put academics into that, you can put behavior into that, you can put mental health into that, you can put social emotional learning into that. And again, different different people do different things there. But with the idea that we do want to provide a really strong tier one. So that is honestly what we've been talking about so far that some schools forget. That's the prevention. That is the, you know, in yoga for classrooms world, that is everybody gets mindful moments every day. In comprehensive school counseling world, that is every student has access to a school counselor and the school counselor is able to provide preventative counseling curriculum 
Um, in math world, that is, you know, all students have access to a strong and rigorous math instruction and curriculum. So, you know, insert whatever into each of that. But then the idea is not that tier one's the most important, and I think most often forgotten. Um, mm-hmm. But knowing, again, through that equity lens I talked about, that not everyone's needs are going to be met at tier one. We're going to have students who need more intensive math support. We're going to have students who who need more intensive social and emotional support. Um, and then that, that tier two is the interventions and supports we provide to some students. The idea is that we provide those and then those students go back down to tier one and don't need those supports long term. So sometimes people get confused with like special education and the tiers. We're not meaning that we're labeling students as needing those long-term special education supports at tier two. It can sometimes be, you know, student just didn't understand our, you know, multiplication unit Mm -hmm. and need that more intensive support and then go back down. Um, So from my perspective, this language, first of all, it's language that all of us can use, not just school counselors, not just principals, not just teachers. So it helps us talk the same language, which can be very beneficial. And then it really helps us to identify those individualized student needs and figure out what we're doing to address them. But like I said, what I have found when I've gone into schools who say, oh, we already have MTSS or we already have PBIS, what I see is they do have interventions and supports for students who need tier two support or even need tier three support, but that that strong tier one support is missing. So what we see often then is what I call a flipped triangle because we're providing way too much tier two and tier three support because our students need it, but it's not that they need tier two or tier three. It's that they never got tier one to begin with. And that is that is one of the best explanations I've ever heard. I will have to tell you. And I've worked here. I've, I've been a counselor for a very long time. I think that's beautiful. And you know what I was thinking along those lines was that I was hoping that you touch on and you did it better than I even would is how tier one is a foundation. Yeah. And I feel as though um, we need to focus on our foundation, uh, uh, whether it be whatever we're doing in life, you know, whether it be our business what, as an entrepreneur. And I think that comes natural. Like we get a job and we think about our foundation, what's most important. And we start to really consider that, but we don't move that often enough into how we're helping people. I yeah. love the MTSS model, even though, like you said, sometimes people like brains immediately turn off when they hear an acronym like that. But to me, you can fit honestly pretty much anything into it. And it yeah. helps us understand, you know, what what humans need at a most basic level. Yeah. Now, I think every single one of our listeners, now I think Each and every one of our listeners can completely understand why I wanted to have you, of all people, talk about the MTSS model and how it really, truly functions. Now, we are going to next week dive into Yoga for Kids and all about it and mindfulness and how yoga and mindfulness works together to help the mind and body stay calm and why that works well in a, um, a classroom as much as it is, does individually for us. Um, I just had to split this 
conversation up into two because it was kind of like when I had this conversation with Sarah, we it's almost like we did have a part A and a part B. And um, I think it's important for us to be able to truly digest everything that we have learned here today. Now, if you are an educator, I feel like you now will walk away always completely understanding, especially from a counselor's perspective, why we talk about the tier one, the tier two, the tier three, and how they all work together. If that's the reason that you joined us today, um, please let me know at share at the focused mindset, what you got from this, what you learned. We can have further discussion. You can definitely reach out and talk to me about it. And um, it's just all kind of like the world that the school counselors are all living in right now. We're learning more and more about it. And speaking of the world that we're living in right now, I did a talk on communication and I did it on the big TEDx stage recently. And it is live, as you guys know. And um, it talks a little bit about how today we live in a world of where people are always on their phones and always on their devices and always communicating in that type of way. And we've lost a lot of our face-to-face interactions, our face-to-face conversations, the richness of it. And unfortunately, sometimes when we talk, we get um, really self-centered in the fact that we just want to be telling them all about what we know. And then the other person says everything they know. And, and I've listened to conversations where I'm like, boy, neither one of these people are truly connecting. They're just giving information. Then the next person's giving information. I strive for us to rise above that trend and really learn to connect when we talk. And that is one reason that I reached out and went outside my comfort zone and did my first TEDx talk. Maybe there'll be more in the future, but this foundational one will really give you a training ground for how to have solution-focused conversations in a casual setting. And I want you to be able to hop over to YouTube and listen to that. I'll put a link in the show notes. All you have to do is look up how to lead with hope. Solution-focused conversation navigation by me, Cher Kretz. And um, there'll be a training to come that you will, of course, all be the first to hear about. And um, next week, we're going to learn all about how we can bring mindfulness into our life and into our classrooms successfully. All right, time for us to get going. Until next time, live solution focused. Before you go, don't forget to check the show notes where I'm going to leave the links to my social media and the different places you can find me. And I want to invite you to be a part of my email community. It's absolutely free. And this year I'm doing so much writing and so much reflecting, and I want to send things directly to you. I send the special notes to my email community and you can email me right back. You have a direct line to ask me questions without any barriers of a website or anything. Check the show notes for that link or go to thefocusedmindset.com. And if you click on getting the journal prompts, you also automatically are able to be a part of my community. And if you're interested in supporting this program, there's three ways to do it. One, make sure you're following this program so it comes up as one of your favorites. Two, share it either on your social media or with someone you love straight to their email. And the third is to leave a review. And I love reading those. By supporting this program, we're helping people be solution-focused. See you next week.